having a little bit of a rough uh, patch myself. Not necessarily with trading, but look at my eyes. I have like bags under my bags. I haven't slept properly in like two weeks. I mean, when you were here, you, I was already complaining about being sleep deprived, and um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's been really bad. I'm I'm super excited just to get back to a place I can sleep through the night. <laughs> I don't think I've had a normal sleep now for a while. Yeah, that shit would add up fast. So kind of like the opposite of what Danny was talking about, getting good sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to prioritize it. I slept okay last night. I think I was a little bit hot because I had a lot of weird dreams. Usually <laughs> I'll have a lot of weird dreams if I'm too hot. And I woke up a bunch of times. That's funny. Let's see. Journal can't load, okay. Yeah, that could be it. Sitting at 66% recovery today, according to Woo. Nice, that's good. That's good. I mean, 66 maybe isn't great, but... Uh, I, 66 is okay. Okay. 66 is decent. I woke I woke up today and I was like thinking, I mean, it was bad sleep, but I woke up and I was like, hmm, this was probably one of the better sleeps I've gotten in the last two weeks. And then I look at my phone and it was like bad. It was just like <laughs> your sleep quality was bad. And it was That's like, funny. yeah. And I was like, yeah, that, that basically summarizes. I mean, if today was bad and this was one of my better nights, then like, I don't even know what the other one looked like. I didn't wear my watch. That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I got a flight, let's see here, in like 50 minutes. So, or not in 50 minutes, but I got I to gotta roll out of here in like 50 minutes. So I'll be a little bit tight on time. It's only worth it if you work for it. It's only worth it if you work for it. I won't stop till they hear me now. I won't stop till I wear the crown. How's your guys' weeks going? Um... I can quickly start. Uh, well, yesterday I was slightly green. The end of the day, red. I kind of had like a, yeah, kind of like a red to green. I was started red, a green, then went red, then went green, then went red again, and then I just kind of called it. I just didn't have much flow. And then right after I called it, we had some amazing movers. But again, yesterday, yesterday was tough. You know, I. Uh, again, the sleep, I was, I was really on edge, like where I'm basically feeling it where like, I want to, I could laugh and then cry at the same time. I don't know if you guys ever yeah. felt like that, but that's how I feel right now. Yeah. And, uh, it's bad. It's really bad. And then yesterday I was trading in the kitchen. I had like four people around me. Um, it was just very chaotic and I kept missing trades and I was like, ah, today I had a better scenario. I had a better, like situation i i was able to trade in my friend's room with the screen but i just i wasn't really mentally there so that's yeah. kind of how my week's going uh, i'm basically down like a hundred dollars which is which is in my mind almost green because i feel like i avoided a lot of traps it's a little bit frustrating because today and yesterday we had some really good movers and i feel like i could have really done well if i was just a little bit more dialed in. Uh, hopefully the rest of the week we have some more smooth sailing. I would like to, you know, really nail a few moves. I, I feel like I'm I'm right there. Like I'm, I'm so close. I've been sizing well. I've been getting more aggressive on the breakouts, avoiding the nasty pullbacks. I'm, I'm doing a lot right, but um, it, it's hard to, you know, perform at, at a, even close to like 70% uh, in my current situation. So 
that's kind of where I'm at right now. There's almost not much more to share than that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. My week's been pretty bad too. I, uh, I don't know, man. I swear every single time I spend like a really long amount of time trying to study, I just trade like shit. I don't know why. Like, it's like, I can only go so far on the analytical side and then it has to just come from me. And I just don't, I don't know how to do that, but I kind of wrote down like, I was looking through all my playbooks and trying to figure out like the similarities between my, my strategies and try to like not have so many different strategies happening at the same time. And I like lined them up on my desk and sticky notes. So I have like the first setup that could happen on the day is like an open imbalance. And then the second one is an opening range. And the third one is an opening range hold. And the fourth one is like an intraday continuation. And I have like parameters for each of those setups. And yesterday they worked perfectly, but like, I just, I just didn't trade it well at all. So I lost on like all of them. And then today it's just this, if you look at the spy, I mean, yeah, let me just pull this up because it's just disgusting. Look, I went short down here because this was the 15 minute opening range breakdown trade stopped out. It spikes out all the shorts and just dumps immediately. So that was right idea, bad timing. Same idea here. Short, this was a 30-minute opening range breakdown. Stop out at the very top, come right back down. Then I was like, you know what? Let's go long. Let's try that. Maybe that'll work. Go long, make like half my losses back, and then <laughs> comes back down. I try to get the same entry long, stop out at the very bottom, rips back up. And then now I'm just shorting basically this range because it's just stuck in this level and the bold and the ad and the tick are not really going anywhere. And it's probably going to continue lower, but it's like, Dude, the market is not nice this week. Not nice at all. Yeah, it's it's stopping, stopping me out like right before I'm right. And you'd think that like we don't have data this week, that we don't have any data besides just Fed's Fed's talkers. They're just talking all week. And um, like JP is talking Friday, but besides that, there's literally nothing happening. Like, well, I guess there was OPEC, like oil stuff happening, but wow. It's like I don't even know what to do. <laughs> I guess I just need to still make sure that whenever my trades don't work, I still follow my system and I just do that every day, no matter what, even if it's annoying that I lose. And I need to remember that like all of these strategies will have a win rate. They're all going to have their own risk reward. And my job is to trade the system and then use discretion whenever I feel necessary. And I was thinking the other day, like, as like retail traders, people always call us like discretionary traders because you're supposed to use your discretion to trade, right? Because that's what we're doing. We don't have, we're not doing algorithmic trading. Like we're actually putting the orders into our broker. So it's like a discretionary choice of when you want to take your order. But I think we take that too far, at least I do, where it's like you can either be um, fully discretionary where you're trading only off your like intuition and stuff like that, which I am terrible at. Or you can be fully systematic with like a touch of discretion, you know? And that's kind of how I want to be. Like, I want to have all of my setups be defined. I've been saying this every single week, but all my setups be defined. And then whenever I use my discretion, that's whenever I'm like using the intuitional part of it. But I still want everything to be mostly systematized. So like, I know exactly my entry criteria. I know exactly my exit criteria. Yeah, I don't know. But I tried that today and it's not working, so... At least I'm still small, very small red, but 
It's tough, man. Trading is hard. Why is it so hard? <laughs> yeah. What you said a minute ago about um, like the more you study, the worse you do, I think is really interesting because I've definitely gone through that phase as well. And yeah. Tell me in there. Um, I think it's so typical if you're having trouble in the market or going through a rough patch to want to be doing something active to like improve your trading. And you can feel like studying more, studying price actions, studying patterns, uh, volume, whatever it is is a good move towards that but um having gone through the same thing i think i think you and you probably know that like you know what you need to know and past that it's it's just experience in the market and getting yourself into a good streak um like the reason that most traders fail isn't because they don't have the knowledge it's because they for whatever reason, aren't managing, taking positions and managing them appropriately. Um, and I think like even, even very advanced profitable, profitable traders, we go through the same thing. We have drawbacks and um, drawdowns and go through periods of cold market or just like moves in the market that aren't your best moves and your best setups. And they can be really difficult to trade. And um like you want to be, it makes total sense that you would want to be doing something active to like improve yourself and improve your trading during that time. Um, but like, I think more than anything else, it's just like market conditions and, and just adapting to them. Um, like for a, a very beginner trader, yeah, they probably don't know or have as much just general knowledge of what's going on as they could have, but if you've been trading like a year or two years or so, I think that what you're going to learn from like a book or that kind of thing is, is limited. I think that you can definitely learn from studying current price action and patterns and what's working and what is not, you know, literally just adapting to what's happening in the market right now. Um, but yeah, just, just getting yourself into a different phase or getting yourself out of the rut is definitely the most important thing and, and also definitely the hardest which was like all last year for me mm -hmm. so yeah a lot a lot going on with that i feel like the hard part for me is that i go on so many streaks like it's it makes no sense that i'll be green for like two weeks and then i'm red two weeks and i'm green two weeks and i'm red two yeah. weeks and i'm green two weeks and i'm red two weeks and it's like that happens every single month, like without fail. And I don't understand, like even yesterday, like I had like a decent red day and I was like, I guarantee, like I just knew right off the bat, I was like, here we go, starting, you know, here's the drawdown, here we go. I'm just ready to go for it. And it's, I know it's going to happen. And obviously that's a terrible mindset to have, but <clears throat> it's like every fucking time, this is what happens, so. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because like, you think about riding a bike or I don't, uh, Alex, I think you mountain bike some, I don't know if you do too Colby, but like you're flying through the trees, you're going downhill on a narrow path. You see the tree in front of you, you see the road curving. If you're just looking at the tree, you're going to hit the tree. Um, yeah. it's that same kind of mentality. And, and I feel like I had a close call two weeks ago or whenever it was that I had my first red day in a while. Um, the other week 
it it reminded me so closely of last August. Last August, the first week of August was super hot momentum. I was up like 11 grand after the first month and then for the first week. And then I had like an eight or a $9,000 red day. Um, and then all April, I was green. Um, I had some solid days, couple first days of May. The first Friday in May, I had an almost $5,000 red day, which luckily at this point is like not massive. Like obviously it's it's pretty solidly big, much bigger than other red days I've had this year so far, but um, not like world ending. And I was really conscious of like the similarities between August and now. And um, just like, all right. Cause then after that red day in August, I had like three red months of terrible trading. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just super conscious, not specifically like focused on that red day, just really focused on being patient and taking good trades and not letting that happen. So I was focused on, I think the right things to be focused on, which was getting good entries, taking good trades, waiting and being patient, uh, rather than the fact that I had just had a big red day. And I think that that was really helpful for me. Yeah, that's such a hard balance to have because it's like, in a way, that's like such a, I mean, that's with everything in life. You have to trust that you can achieve but like you have to that that I mean obviously I'm I wouldn't consider myself a professional trader but I like to pretend obviously and think like I am one so I act like one and a professional trader does not give a fuck at all about the result of the trade they only care about what is the next opportunity like what are my next yeah. 100 trades I don't care about the last trade I took I care about the next 100 and how do I perform those in a way that is in, in line with my statistics and my trading that i've done for the last you know year or two years or lifetime whatever and it's even like poker too like i've been playing poker a lot and it's just so funny how often you get a bad beat it's like you know i have pocket aces and then or i have even worse i have pocket kings and then the guy to my left has pocket aces and like usually you're going to go all in on the pre before you see any cards because that would be your highest ev positive expected value and with pocket aces and then right on the flop it'll be like uh, a king or whatever and it'll just you're like wow i had a fucking like 85 percent chance of winning this and i lost and then you have to keep playing and then the next hand you're like all right well i'm raising this hand even though i have seven deuce and it's a terrible positive it's, it has no expected value that's positive and then you trade you start playing poker like shit too and same thing with trading you know like today I get short two times. I get stopped out at the very top and then it goes right back to where I thought it was going to go anyway. I have the right idea, wrong execution. And the only thing I can do is just be like, okay, well, I guess I got to sit here and just wait for my next setup to show up. And then that one shows up and then I fucking lose on that one too. And it's just like, wow, I don't know. Uh, you ca- You really have to act almost like a robot and just let everything go as it happens. But I mean... I think that we're all doing that and just shortening that distance every day. Like the the amount of time it takes for you to get on tilt, you know, when you first start trading, yeah. it's like you get on tilt immediately and then it lasts like four hours, you know, mm-hmm. as, as you, every day that goes by, you take like a minute off of that four hour window and then eventually you're on tilt for one minute, you know, a year, two, mm-hmm. three years later, but it's, it's always hard. Super helpful for me to do anything else. Like, 
I'll take a bad trade or I'll have a red day or whatever. And I'll be kind of pissed off and I'll go to the gym and like 30 minutes into my workout, it's a different day. Yeah. 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 I I was also getting on tilt a little bit today. Um, I had kind of what Colby was saying where, you know, you, uh, you have the right idea. You get stopped out a few times for me. I I was really, I hesitated. Um, I made some amateur mistakes and then, uh, you know, you miss the good move and then you trade the, the move that's a little bit worse later on. It's something we talk about so much. I don't really want to dive into it. Um, again, I, I think I know my problem right now. It's just I'm tired. And I think what what for me, what I need to do on sometimes days like today is, you know, just maybe not even trade. Like I was thinking Monday, uh, you know, the market's heating up right now, but sometimes you're you're not in your the environment where you should be trading. And <clears throat> yeah. I think uh, it's better to fully engage in your environment, be there a hundred percent than kind of 50, 50. And that's a little bit what I squirmed through yesterday and today even. Uh, so, you know, if, if we do upload this one, because it's going to probably be a shorter pot, you know, if, if, um, if you're ever wondering if you should just fully engage on a certain activity, uh, I don't know if it's new year's, if it's yeah, some birthday or something like that, uh, for probably the last two years, I'm, I'm almost always advocating to just fully enjoy whatever you need to do in your life and then you know, mm-hmm. get back and fully trade, to be fully present in your trading. Uh, yeah. uh, sorry. We were just talking about that same thing. Um, Jess's mentor session this morning. Um, he he does a like a trade workshop, trade review, mentor session every morning. Um, and that was exactly what they were talking about was living life. Basically, Jess is a business owner, multiple business owner, as well as a day trader. And, um, he was talking about just the distinction between, do you own this business or does this business own you and sort of getting into like the point of life and why we day trade, which generally people looking to day trade, you're looking for more freedom and being able to earn money on your own terms, just from like the internet and a Wi-Fi connection. And, um, you always have to keep that in mind. I'm going to Italy for three weeks next month. And, um, last year when I went to Italy, I was alone for most of it. And I was totally on my own schedule. Um, most days I, went out, did stuff in the morning, got a workout in, came back in around like 2, 3 p.m. right before the market opened, traded for an hour or two, and then went back out and did stuff. Um, This time I'm going to be with my girlfriend and um, I'll be with family for a few days, but I'll be with my girlfriend for the whole time. And um, she's, she's pretty on board with like that general schedule, but I know that I'm going to have to accommodate other people's schedules a little bit more this time. And luckily I've had a really good year so far. So I'm like, not too worried about just like losing money or missing out on a ton of stuff next month. I hope that next month isn't super hot and I don't just like miss all the hot momentum, but um, at the same time, it's like, I'm going to be in Italy and like, this is the point. So, um, and I kind of had the same sort of realization or moment back in December, January, when I was visiting family where, um, like we'd be, I wanted to be like around the family. So I took my computer into the the big open kitchen 
And I had my headphones in and I was day trading the market open while like people are making breakfast and like getting the table ready for us to all have breakfast together. And um, it was just like not the right environment. And I agree, like you have to, you can't whole ass or you can't half ass two or three things. It's way better just to whole ass one thing. (laughs) So like decide that you're going to have breakfast with everyone or stay upstairs in your room alone until you're ready. Yeah. And you're going to be upset and you're going to become upset. It's going to create a bad environment. Yeah. Like family's trying to talk to you and like that kind of stuff. And obviously, cause like you're, you're (laughs) physically literally there and I'm, I'm like taking headphones out. I'm like, I'm so that's funny. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just being aware of what's going on and just take a step back and try to see like the bigger picture, I think is a good, is a good key, especially when we're having a tougher market. Like it's not that big of a deal. It'll come back around. Yeah. You're not going to be red forever. And if it's really good, probably, you know, it, it almost comes back to the expected value equation again. It's like, Hey, what are you going to get more value out of? Are you going to get more value out of those 500, maybe thousand bucks you're going to make here trading in the morning or maybe losing money because it's maybe not the greatest market? Or do you think this, you know, the ski trip or this breakfast or this whatever you, you fill in the blank yeah. for the next couple of hours that overlaps is more expected value in your other pillars of life, you know? And you got to make that decision. Uh, I'm, I'm reading David Gaga's biography right now. And he is so anti-multitasking. And this guy's like ultra best everything, it feels like. <laughs> and he just says, you know, multitasking is like for idiots, people that have like no direction in life, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's, it, like, I like, he always takes things to the extreme and I get it, like it works for him. But I think that applies to many of us. Like, you know, like for me, I can't multitask for the life of me. Like, you know, <laughs> So why, why do I even bother? And um, yeah, so I think taking yesterday off probably would have made more sense. I would have been able to maybe sleep in. And then guess what? I probably would have been doing better trading today. And then yeah. I would have been better off. So I need, to, I need to be better at that. I think sometimes, especially with friends, I'm a little bit of like a yes man. And I'll be like, yeah. Yeah. like oh, let's do that. Or let's, let's do that. Um, I have to be really, really disciplined, especially, especially with sleep. I mean, oh my God, it, like the, I was sleep deprived. I, I, I was this week. I don't think I've been this sleep deprived since the last time I was in New York city. So I don't know <laughs> the city, but uh, it, it's not okay. Uh, not okay at all. Um, hey, actually we're, you know, if you're in, in Italy, I wonder if I can come down there. I don't know. We could talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be, so we're landing in Rome and then we're going to Florence for a few days. And then my sister is getting married in Tuscany. So we're going to go out to Tuscany for a few days. And then I'll be going up to Bologna, then Lake Garda for a night. We'll be in the Alps for a few nights, Venice for a few nights, and then back out of Rome. Those are all amazing areas. I've been to to them. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty quick schedule. So maybe it'll be difficult, but, um, I was actually just Tuscany for a wedding myself last year. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, a bunch of friends that visited uh, the wedding or went to the wedding. We just rented like this bigger villa. It was, had like multiple bedrooms and like huge kitchen with a huge dining table. We all like co-worked there and then like went to the wedding, went back. And we oh. went to pool. So it was just like two weeks we, we rented the place. So it was really good fun to work. 
Um, That's awesome. A little easier to like make a schedule, but yeah, I think, I think you'll have a, an amazing trip for sure. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. I'm super excited. But I was thinking back, you know, what Colby was talking about kind of being this frustrating back and forth phase. And I, I gotta, I gotta totally say like when I study too much, it usually creates problems because I overthink things. Um, I just recently took the MACD off my chart. Sometimes I still like to look mm-hmm. at them on a different chart, but uh you know, that's just one more distraction. Ultimately, yeah. I, I had a call, a uh, little one-on-one with um, Toby, and we were just talking pure price action. And like, we were like, okay, what's the five-minute chart doing when the one minute's breaking out? You know, are we over the former close? And like really simple price action stuff to indicate like, this is the, the right side of the B, more or less to say. And, you know, we just ripped a lot of fluff out of our charts. And then we even did further was like, okay, how do we make the ladder even bigger on our screen? How do we um, put the nine email into our ladder? Like little things like that, that were just like purely, let's create more focus on the few things that actually matter to us, as opposed mm-hmm. to let's add more to our chart and try to, you know, use different indicators. Um, oh, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> my hand just went up. You just really switched good. sides. There you go. It's because actually it's like this. Oh yeah, yeah. I can literally. Okay, yeah. I, if I hold it there long enough, it starts charging, and eventually it uploads it. Are you serious? That's yeah, so try funny. it. You'll see at the bottom of the screen, it'll be like charging. Do you see that? No. No. <laughs> anyway, you, you just got me to raise my hand. Wow, Danny, you're so dumb, bro. You <laughs> no, for it. <laughs> it, it, it. No, it's, I swear it's working on my end. Yeah, uh, I swear. <laughs> on the reaction side, it starts like loading a circle and like starts filling it in blue. Whatever, not important. Anyway, the point <laughs> is that yeah, uh, overthinking is is very dangerous. Colby, I know when you were here, you had a lot of stuff from the VOD bull. Bold. I always bold. say bold. Yeah. bold. Bold. I, I want to say like void or something. And then I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not that. Um, to, to, you know, risk on, risk off indicators, which I think are all good. And I use a lot of indexes as well, just to kind of give me a flow for the market. But um, that could maybe be sometimes something that throws you off. Like, oh, maybe this indicator is saying this, the other indicator is saying that. I know with the MACD, that really, really threw me off. Um, so just kind of ripping it down to the bare basics could help. I, I don't like using the MACD. Yeah. I think that it's like, it's an okay indicator if something is sort of just like ranging, but once it starts doing something unexpected, either to the upside or the downside, it's not helpful. And it's too late. It's a rear view. Yeah, it's, it's too late. Obviously it's a lagging indicator, but it's way too late. And like, I would never use the MACD to be able to take a big trade because that's when the unexpected happens, which is where you have to be able to read levels and price action and time and sales, which are like the only leading indicators that might be telling you that a big move is coming up. So like if you're using it just to understand like this push up had this is what the MACD looked like in terms of di- divergence and p- momentum on that move. This move was a little bit slower, so like we're kind of obviously losing momentum. Then it can tell you that, but it's not like you can't get that just from looking at the chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chart is everything, literally everything. Yeah. 
Um, well, the time and sales as well for us. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to like obviously the playbook <laughs> stuff, and, and like whenever I'm making the playbook, I'm literally throwing everything in there, like every possible thing that would contribute to this trade working or not working. And then every day I'm updating it based on the setups that happened that day. And then every day I'm realizing more and more that like the things I'm looking at matter less and less. The So like yesterday when I was studying, <laughs> I was looking at everything and I realized that the only thing that actually matters for me is are the volume delta, the ad and the tick, are they trending in the same direction? And that's it. That's the only thing that really should matter. If that's happening first, then I can go to what time of day is it and what setup will happen at this time of the day. So like at the open, if the volume delta opens green, I used to think, oh, that's a good thing. That doesn't matter. It only matters where it's trending after it opens. So like yesterday, here's an interesting example, but... Yeah, no, no, we're listening. Danny just got attacked by a fly. <laughs> or a mop or something. Yeah. This is Did a, you an see interesting. That? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like I just wrote a little update of like this strategy, and this is just an open imbalance strategy where you can see how this is gonna be tiny. You can see how the volume delta in this little red box is trending lower, even though it's green, right? But for this, for the first 30 minutes, it was trending down. The advanced decline line was trending down. The tick is trending down. Yeah. All of the sectors are trending lower. Um, and they have big sellers right at the open. The NASDAQ was moving lower. And then this is how you could have traded it. So we broke below the previous day close. We had a 15-minute opening range. We pull up to a key level, which is the previous day close. This is also the pre-market low. They're on the exact same line. And then you scalp it short and you take profits at the break of low of day. And that's the whole strategy. And then that was only based on the trend of those indicators though. And then the same thing with like intraday continuation. You can see after that morning, this is the same day, after that morning drop, we started to trend back up. Same with the advanced decline line trending up. The tick was just neutral. And then you can see risk on clearly is all green. Risk off is clearly all red. Financials are all green. So then same exact thing. Where do you get in? These are all the possible trades you could have taken. Like we're holding above previous day close right here. You could have accumulated on the previous day close. This is like a one, two, three, four, five, six bottom hold. And then it breaks out really nice, you know? So like I'm trying to, my I have such a fucked up thing where I feel like every day, if I'm not doing like a lot of work with trading that I'm going to fall behind because I know that like, I just know there are people out there that are putting in way more work than me and making millions of dollars. Like I see people on Twitter, like the short bear and he posts like these analysis of like trading setups that are just, they just blow my mind. It's ridiculous. Like he'll post this thing and it's like, this is a 63% win rate on this strategy. Here's a chart of every single time it's ever worked in the last hundred years and doing all this crazy stuff. And obviously I'm not like a mathematician. I don't know how to do all that shit, but um, yeah, like you were saying, Alex, like I'm trying to break it down even more simple. Like every time I go back into my playbook, I'm trying to like take something out. So it's like, just not as complicated. And I just follow that system. I guess the only thing I would add is... But... Uh, don't don't overstress yourself because in a way this is a new strategy because you're um, you just kind of added a lot of new things. So whenever you add a new indicator or whatever, it takes a while to understand 
the yeah. flow, the patterns of that one. So you need to just, you just need to, you know, kind of get used to the new layout and uh, not switch it up so much uh, going forward or like, you know, maybe switch it up. But That's what I was saying. Any, yeah. Any new thing you have to get used to. Like before I used to care more about what the values are of the tick and the advanced decline. Like I would see the advanced decline and I'm like, oh, it's at negative 1600. That's important. But as I'm reviewing, I'm realizing it's not important what the values are. It's important what the trend is of those indicators. And if they're all lined up, like most of the time, they're not lined up. The advanced decline then will be going down. The vault is going up. Obviously, if that's happening, you don't take a trade. But if they're all trending in the same direction, that means the momentum is going to be pushing in that direction because these are all based off of like hedge funds, basically, because yeah. they're the ones moving the market. So trending or sort of divergence. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's like a new thing <clears throat> that I've been trying to look at. but. We'll see. What's up, Tom? <laughs> yeah, your 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 mic is off. I What's see that? It. Your mic was off. I how's the car? Yeah, I, I try. I yeah, I'm, I'm muting myself just in case the wind is uh, getting in the mic. Um, but yeah, I'm just at the dealership right now, just getting the recall done. So jumped in a little late. No, all good. <laughs> all good. Happy you made it. <laughs> What's getting recalled on your car? Uh, apparently the seatbelt pretensor for the new Hyundai's. So it took like two months. I had to like book it two months in advance wow. because I guess well, every single car that was sold had to get recalled. So everyone's yeah. trying to book their appointment. Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, but that's it. Nothing new. Had a pretty decent day this morning. On, yeah, um, I saw it's amazing. Well, I got some small wins on APLD and. Um, uh, MICS, MICS, probably the best. There are two like perfect setups right after the halt resumption. You got that break of two, and then after that, that first one minute pullback uh, that resolved in a new high. That was probably the next best setup after that. And then you had um, I got um, uh, what was that other stock? APLD, yeah, APLD. Yeah, APLD. Uh, maybe late morning. Uh, you had that break at pre-market high, which is also really nice. So those are sort of my three trades that I had this morning. Nice. Yeah, the, the breakouts have been beautiful. I had um, some really nice big winners, uh, yeah. decent size. And the problem is like if you if you keep chasing the move, the pullbacks are like yep. insanely disgusting. So I gave yep. back a few times too many today. Um, still under green, yeah, much, much greener day. How, how are you handling Danny, some of these moves? Um, <clears throat> I was really patient today. Yesterday I had a really good day, but I, I traded a lot. Um, I, I started the day yesterday down 14 or 1500, actually trying to short GSIT, uh, cause yeah. GSIT yesterday morning halted down and was just like threatening to continue that. So I started shorting it and it was bouncing from there. And I got super chopped up until I was down 1450 on it. And then at that point I switched to going long and I made 2300 on it long. And then I flipped short again after it rejected high of day a couple of times. And then I made half of my loss back um, shorting from what I had lost earlier. So I had a solid day eventually, but I started the day pretty, pretty decently solid red. And, um, and then I caught 
some, I caught a nice chunk of OMH before I went to the gym. And then I caught a nice chunk on ELOX yesterday after the gym when it had that late day, end of day squeeze. Um, so coming into today, I was just really conscious of like not over trading and being patient. And it really helped and saved me um, because like a lot of people were really, really solidly read today trying to chase one thing I've noticed is the gappers lately, the leading gappers have been awful. And um, <laughs> like GDC this morning, if you look at it, it it hit a high 757. And then in the next minute, it was at 661. And um, I actually started buying into the bottom of that candle. I can show my screen. Um <clears throat> Was this pre-market or at the market open? Um, market open. I have been avoiding pre-market as much as possible lately mm -hmm. because, because it's been terrible. Um, um, but here's GDC right at the open. I didn't trade this. I was looking at uh, APLD or I was looking at something else. I don't remember what. Um, but I looked over here and I saw that GDC had just rejected and was just absolutely knifing and it was chasing the halt level down on this candle um which is actually where i started buying in because it i saw the halt level down on my level two here and then it bounced hard and it it just seemed like it was finding a bottom and unable to keep going lower so i took that position at like 637 or something like that with 2500 shares and I was like, I know that if this keeps going, I need to bail quickly. But if we're finding a bottom here, there's a lot of room for upside. And um, I didn't get like a ton out of it, but I got a solid 20 cents. I was up like 500 right after that move. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. Um, and then I was just really patient aside from that. And I didn't trade it here, here, here. Once it, because it rejected hard, it rejected hard, it rejected hard, rejected, rejected. Once it started coming back up here again, this is where I started trading it. Because it's like, how many times is it going to reject before it finally goes higher? Like, yeah. it's, it's only going to reject so many times before someone has conviction. And we started seeing more volume coming in. And then over this level here, I don't know where my trades were. Actually, I can take a look at it um you can share maybe yeah, i can this share was, this was really nice when it broke higher yeah give me just a second and i'll share my whole screen and um you should be able to see everything now right yeah all right cool so this is dos my dos charts which i i don't use them as my main charting but i love using it um to show entries and exits. Yeah, because it shows them so nicely, so much better than Thinkorswim. Yeah. Um, yeah, much better. So here's that move up where we finally started going higher. And this is where I started getting in. Um, so I started buying here, selling, buying, selling, buying, selling. So, like, I'm not trying to buy the actual trigger. Because the trigger would be here. I'm not 
trying to buy that and like expect it to go higher. I'm buying sort of the bottoms of the candles and selling into that level. And then finally we broke over it and we're starting to really move. So I bought here, sold, sold, bought, sold, bought, sold. And then we finally had that kind of rejection candle where I bought the bottom, sold, sold, bought, sold, sold, going into the halt. And that's where we actually had like some real moves. Um, this was my best trade on it was we had just halted. We, this is, you know, nice short squeeze. And then once we get up here, um, the shorts have been squeezed. This is basically just longs managing their positions and buying and selling and not knowing if it's going to go higher. And then we have this attempted dip, which got bought up. So yeah, we had this attempted dip, which is where I got in actually at 941, I think. And um, so we had this squeeze, we had an attempted rejection or dip back down, which I bought up. And then that entry. Uh, usually when this happens, it'll pop back up towards highs, but then especially if it can squeeze through highs and squeeze through these wicks, like this is a really clear point for shorts to stop out and it's a trigger for longs to buy. So I scaled out into that, nearly got a top tick on some of it, it looks like, um, added just 500 shares. So this was like, I think this was a thousand shares, which is still kind of small size for me, but I was just being conservative. Um, added half size there, sold on that bounce and was just out at that point. So I traded that really well, but I was really patient for it. Um, like you can see on my orders here, I have 150 filled orders. So like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in that one trade. Um, and only 21 canceled orders on a normal day lately. That's been looking like 300, 350 filled orders, like 100 canceled orders, which is just a lot more than I want to be doing. Um, so I'm really pretty happy with how I traded today and kind of took it from yesterday and last week and how I've been kind of just like over executing. Um, and I was able to do better today with that. How do you do your scaling? Like, are you entering with your max size and then you scale out as you become correct? And then you add again later with their core still? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I take my first position with generally my main size um lately i haven't really been adding just because it we haven't really been seeing moves that call for adding um but like this is a pretty good example i took my core position here i scaled out at the area where it makes sense to scale out some and then i held the rest for the move higher and then once we kind of came back and retested a level i added back half the original size so I had a thousand shares at this point, I had like six or 700 shares after that ad. And I got another like 15 cents or so out of that. Um, so like what I could have done here, I guess, is sold some. And then as it looked like it was going to break out through this level, I could have added. Um, but I was just feeling more conservative today, I guess. Yeah, right. So, so. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I'm not trying to like swing for home runs right now i'm trying to mostly protect my account and lock up some gains yeah so that's doing well for me um but yeah like there's there's a couple different approaches 
you could take. I think it would have been really valid to have taken profit here and then added back the same size that I had here. And then you just have to know, like, if it doesn't go right away, I'm going to stop out for like three or five cent loss on that ad and that's fine. But um, um, so that was GDC. I traded MICS as well and I was up a couple hundred on it and it just didn't hold up. And I was trying to like get in for a pullback for the move higher and it just didn't come and so now i'm up 29.99 on it so i can afford um like really cheap bluetooth headphones from that one uh, <laughs> you can pull play the double chicken mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah like i think that my my tickers and my pnl on them today are a pretty good example like i took some stabs here didn't really work one trade here one trade here i'm not trying to like keep trading stuff except for this one this was a this was like a one or a two trade loss on small size and if you look at omh today um it just got absolutely demolished so yeah oh my god someone someone backside. wants this to go down to zero like this is what is omh it's not a china company is it Dude, that is a Trend. That's algo. That's an algo trend it's, right there. It's trading like a China company that goes from five to fifty-seven, then back down to like two. Um, so like to be down two hundred forty on it, not a big deal at all. I'm happy with yeah. how I managed that. Totally okay. I, I took it here, somewhere around here, with the potential break of like these wicks and potential to go higher yesterday like we have plenty of range from yesterday so i took that with 100 shares which is like very small size for me so i'm happy enough with taking that trade and then especially how i managed it um i would love yeah. to see the guy who like is selling that i just want to watch what's happening on his screen yeah like how much money he's making <laughs> or just how much he's losing trying to dump it or Whatever's going on, I would just love. I always think like when I put an order in the market, mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, what if you could just see the order flow from a market maker perspective? That'd be so interesting. Yeah, it almost looks like someone's just constantly moving down their 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 limit order to sell, and they're just like constantly trying to get out. Um, yeah. Or it's somebody that's like aggressively shorting it. I I don't know, but sometimes you're in the the reverse position, and you can just picture yourself like as a beginner trader so you just <laughs> get out someone might have shorted like someone might someone bigger might have shorted from like 57 because i was watching this yesterday and i i made a thousand on it on like 250 share trades which is <laughs> awesome um i got some somewhere around here sold into the push i don't remember but and then i went to the gym and i saw this rejection happen and then it came back up and then after this it was just dead um i'm guessing so i don't i don't really know because like the other times that we have stuff like this move like lunar is a good example um we had one just the other week didn't we like lunar squeezed to 136 what was the one that squeezed to 260 like a week ago not top right yeah, it was top. Oh, yeah, top. Good um, yeah, 260 up here. So, like, I don't know who would have shorted 
this at 57 because the last couple of examples of this type of movement went to like a hundred plus true yeah. but that's my guess is somebody got a short here and they might be just recycling their position as it goes lower and they're just trying to they're they're just covering a small fraction shorting a bigger fraction covering a small fraction shorting a bigger fraction all the way back down and it's someone with a lot of buying power i guess did you guys see what happened with the sec on top they, they got uh frozen right no they i'm pretty sure they took away gains from people that were trading it not maybe it was friday it's one of these days they said if you traded top from 9 30 to 10 o'clock or something like that they they negated all of your gains or losses what what? I, th I think I think oh. I might be wrong I definitely saw Nate Mashad he's the investors underground guy and he had like a win on it and it was taken out good old government dude how do you account for that in your trading risk reward freaking equation <laughs> yeah that's a curveball uh that's weird I'll have to look into that I know nothing about I have not heard anything about that I hadn't either. I just saw that it was halted, frozen. What was weird, though, was that that announcement came out, like, here, that it was halted by the SEC, and then it kept trading for, like, 30 minutes, I guess. Yeah, I feel like once, tweet. once Top was, like, in its multi-day, I don't know, it was, like, its sixth day of just craziness, I just stopped touching it because I... Yeah. I was kind of nervous there was going to be a, like a longer halt or something. Didn't want to tie up capital in a stock like that. Yeah, exactly. So, pursuant role 11890B NASDAQ on its own motion in conjunction with the NICE exchanges has determined to cancel all trades in security top financial group limited that were executed on the NASDAQ between 9.30 and 10.09 Eastern. And that was from Nate Mashad, who owns Investors Underground, Investors Underground or whatever it is. That's so weird. Uh, that is very unusual. I'm going to look into that, see if I can dig, dig some more stuff out. I would like to see what I find. Maybe I'll use Bard, see if, if sure. Bard does some research. Have you guys played around with uh, the new Google AI? I have, yeah. No. I like it. It is cool. It's uh, Think Chat GPT, but with web search capabilities. So there's a lot more power to it. And I think you could even tell it, like, hey, make an email for me and it'll go right into your Google or like That's create cool. a calendar. So it, it already has integration to your Google uh, everything if you wanted to. So that's like semi terrifying. It's semi terrifying. <laughs> it's in, yeah, I mean, as long as it doesn't like, you know, try to murder you in your sleep, which I'll know when it's when you're sleeping. Uh, it's pretty cool, but uh, it's terrifying. And uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Did you see how the all in did you watch the all in pod? I started watching it. I have yet to complete it. I'll probably watch it on the plane ride home, finish up the, the like the second half that I haven't got to. They were uh, they were talking about Google and they were like, this is such an interesting like Google did not want to release this because first of all, Bard negates Google. So it's like if you need if you have an AI that can search the internet for you, why would you need Google? And if Google made that, you know, it's like 
Is that a good thing? And Google at the was same working time, on it, but they were keeping it on the back burner, like like we mentioning, and they did not want to release it. But now they kind of have to release it because they have to compete. And it's yep. yeah, it, that's yeah. that's classic Google though, just like fragmenting and cannibalizing their own products constantly. Yeah, yeah, they uh, <laughs> classic it's, Google. It's funny when you go on Bard, it just says experiment like right on the top left because it's like <laughs> Google wants everyone to know like whenever something bad is, whenever you search something and the results are totally wrong, it's not which Google they, that did it. Which they are quite quite often. I know, I know. They're very um, wrong, yeah. David, David Sachs was also trying it out and he was like, you know, yeah. tell me my latest five articles and they were just all wrong. All wrong, <laughs> all of them. Even yesterday so, I asked it what the closing price of the uh spy futures were and it was wrong like six times and i was like really? i just would say there was like 4139 which is 10 points off of what it actually was and i was like that's not that's not true when are you saying the closes and it's like 4 p.m and, and then even then it was still 4149 not 4139 and i said the right answer is 4149 and they were like oh you're right actually that is the right answer and i was like how are you i was watching this interview with sam altman uh the, the founder of um, ChatGPT, and he, he also was like you know with, with these ai models like sometimes the most complicated thing it actually gets and it's really impressive but then like the most easy question yeah like 100 plus 100 or something it actually gets wrong because and like he's like somehow like the, the simple stuff in the back end is actually really complicated uh to, to solve it's like me with trading <laughs> yeah yeah over analytical i over analyze everything and i end up taking all these weird trades that make no sense <laughs> But like, yeah, you kind of have to go through that phase, especially if you're going sideways profit wise. It's like, that's not the worst thing. You just learn from it. Yeah. Treading water is okay. As long as you're not. Yeah. Dude, it kind it of funny. feels terrible it feels when you're funny. in that position for a while. And you're like, why can't I just find out, figure out what's actually working? Yeah. But like compared to many people who all they do is lose money. It's not that bad. Yeah, this, for sure. There's, a... there's many people that would look at a like a ranging P and L over like six months, and they'd be like, "Wow, I wish I could do that." You know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, that's what Belfiore always says. He's like, the first step is consistency, and then you work yeah. on sizing. But and then you'll you'll break out eventually. Um, and you know, I I think I was saying like here on last podcast or the last ten on the before that, you know, like I, we all and even Danny was saying it, like we all know exactly what we need to do. Like we all have the knowledge. Um, and then it's just kind of the confidence and the execution is really just sometimes what what is not so great like for me today and yesterday just because I was tired as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's actually interesting? I'm looking at my stats on TraderView. Um, my entire year so far, January first till now, my accuracy across all of my trades, thousands of trades, is fifty percent. Um, my Accuracy in in April, where no red days, fifty three percent. Crazy, um, crazy. Not how I used to trade. I used to rely on 75 percent accuracy. But what I've gotten a lot better at in this market is getting in where I think is the right place to get in. If it doesn't work, I'm out immediately. Small loss, which I take a lot of stabs. I guess that's what I was trying to do today. Was basically take less stabs. Um, yeah, my, my winners are like two or three times bigger than my losses. So that's why yeah. I'm doing well, even with the lower accuracy. Like today, 
45% accuracy, but my profit factor is 1.84 across 46 trades. So mm -hmm. like, that's a good stat. I, taking steps today is kind of what burnt me because my steps were a little bit too aggressive. And then I had like, I yeah. was up 500 and then I just had like three $200 losers. And those were like my stats. Like that's, that, that is not okay for like a little dipping your toes in, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to be careful. Yeah. I mean, focusing on entries has really turned my trading around the last like eight months, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love watching your, your running PL and your progress. It's yeah. Yeah, well, I posted cool. four, four uh, trade recordings on my Instagram just this morning. So the last couple of days, I'll nice. check them out. I actually have to run. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. I'm, I'm probably going to get out and go to the gym. All yeah, right. I, want, I need to get yeah, out of here, bro. I got stuff going on too, so might as well just hang it up early. All right, sweet. Yeah, yeah it'll be a short one, which is which is you know nice to have every now and then too. Uh, I know yesterday yeah. we or last time we went pretty long, but it was a really good. Really good Always yeah. good, yeah. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys. Safe yeah. travels. Right. Take it easy. Appreciate yeah, safe travels. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. See you guys later. Yeah, later, everyone. boys. Right. See ya. Ciao. Peace.